What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Cut. Sean, Christian, and Randy are turning the page here to season three of our fabulous podcast. We're excited. The draft season's over with. Now we're actually going to get more into some fantasy football. Boys, how are we doing? Doing well, man. Moved back to Ohio, so I'm just down the road from you guys. Um, getting settled in, watching some uh, Avengers Endgame while we record. So uh, Thanos just got his head chopped off. Spoiler alert. How are you uh, not completely focused on that right now and not this? Um, I kind of am, which is why I'm talking about it. Um, <laughs> but no, um, I'm doing well, man. I'm, I'm excited to talk about some some crappy players. Randy, wow. how come you never chime in? Riveting stuff, with Christian. As oh. Uh because it's a weird thing. If I go to chime in first, we always talk at the exact same time. It's yeah. because we spent way too much time together in our lives. It's yes. just yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Well, Christian's moved this week. Sean's packing up to move. And I've yep. sat in the house. I <laughs> <laughs> And ironically, I just finished the show doc tonight. I've had a week. This is not great. <laughs> that is pretty bad. <laughs> saying that, you know, we we're gonna do it Sunday. Just saying. Um, but uh, so we need some app. We need some more Apple Podcast reviews. Um, so help us get into that top one hundred in the fantasy football category. Go ahead and leave us a review. Uh, Randy will read it on the show because I know that's what he likes to do. Um, and then we're also working on consensus fantasy football rankings for the 2020 season, as well as projections. Christian put that it's exciting stuff. I'm going to say it's a lot of work, but we're excited to bring it to you. Uh, uh, why, why not both? <laughs> it uh, is a lot of work, but it's exciting. Work. I would say look for that probably more towards June, July, I'm guessing, is when we'll Sounds probably right. have that all wrapped up yeah. and on the website because most drafts are going to be starting in July. Uh, hopefully. Um, but I still think the uh, coronavirus will be cured before um, the football season is canceled. I, I I will die on that hill. We don't talk about that here. Can only help. Can only help. Yeah. So um, what we're going to do today is uh, we're going to get into a new segment that we call the undraftables. And it's basically we're going to go through each uh, skill position and talk about one guy that we don't want to touch based on um, uh, what their outlook is and where they're being drafted in the early drafts. There are some, we do have 2020 data, so we're not pulling from 2019. I promise you, I almost did, but I texted Christian to make sure I didn't. Um, so we're going to go through quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Each of us will give one. And then uh, we're going to do a favorite sports movie draft. We're going to switch it up a little bit. Uh, we've been you know, harping on the NFL draft uh, prospects. I know Christian is already nose deep into 2021 draft prospect videos. Uh, so we're going to make it a little different today. Give you, bring you guys something out of left field. Uh, we seem to have some uh, pop- popularity with the Christmas movie draft that, um, Hey boys, who ended up winning that one again? Uh, I, think, I think you tied with Nikki. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't say, think, I think I Nikki I think won, won, but no, anything I think you did win. I've already but, uh, disputed this today. I will get to that. <laughs> so, uh, so that'll be fun. We'll get into that five rounds. But first, uh, let's go ahead and get started. Um, we'll start with the undraftables. And at the quarterback position, uh, some would argue it's the most important position in football. Uh, when it comes to fantasy, I would argue it's not. Um, so my um, quarterback that I would rather pass up 
is as crazy as it's going to sound, it's Patrick Mahomes. The reason I'm saying this is based on his average draft position right now in PPR leagues is 20th. You're talking a second round pick. Players going in that same range are Amari Cooper, Kenny Galladay, Mike Evans, Miles Sanders, Adam Thielen, and Le'Veon Bell. Um, that's nuts to me to take a quarterback that early, especially a quarterback who finished as the seventh best fantasy quarterback while he did miss two games. He still finished as QB seven. And the way Mahomes plays is that injury risk is always there, I think. Um, and I mean, you saw it. I mean, the dude practically had his kneecap popped out of his socket. Um, but if you look at the 2019 end of year, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson all finished ahead of Patrick Mahomes in fantasy points and are going three to five rounds later, whether it's the fifth, sixth, or seventh. So I always have gone into fantasy drafts saying that I hate spending high picks on quarterbacks, especially when it fluctuates every year. And while nobody's going to argue that Mahomes' talented opportunity is bar none, uh, I just don't like the idea of wasting a second round pick on a quarterback when I need to fill my running backs and wide receivers first. Yeah. And and I don't think that see, I kind of like Patrick Mahomes having a high ADP this year because it is more of a projection. Whereas like, like last year, this is where his ADP was. And it was based on the fact that he had an outstanding 2018. Um, but because he didn't finish as the QB one, his ADP being so high is intriguing to me at the very least, but I'm with you. I don't draft quarterbacks until very late in the draft, realistically, probably like eighth round and later. So I, I never have shares of the top two or three quarterbacks and it tends to work out for me because those guys rarely ever repeat their production from the year before. So. Agreed. <laughs> All right. Well, we move into mine. Yeah. Well, I mean, what else can I <laughs> add to this argument? All the good points. <laughs> uh, so let's move on to my argument. And the guy I'm going to avoid this year is Kirk Cousins. Um, his ADP currently is around 106 or very late ninth round, generally. And it's going before people like Baker, Breeze, Daniel Jones, Goff, Stafford, and a few more that I think I would personally want more. Uh, those guys have some streamability, but also could turn out to be your like stalwart QB1 on the year. Whereas I think Cousins, his best case scenario is he's QB12. And I just, it's still hard for me to go there. I know he had a pretty good year, but Vikings' weapons have decreased with trading digs. Uh, I do like Justin Jefferson, but he's not going to immediately get to that role. And they do a lot of 12 personnel, which means they're going to run the ball more. Cousins has play action a ton. It, it's just, it's not a comfortable situation for me. I wouldn't pick him this high because that means you want him to be your QB1 and you're only going to really get a stream for your bye week. And I just think that's not where you need to be with Cousins. He needs to be a very late round guy that you are rotating quarterbacks in. I would much rather have any of the guys I mentioned, especially Baker, Breeze, and Stafford. And Daniel Jones has the upside of running, so that picks that up a lot. Um, he only throws about 200 to 220 yards a game usually. He had a good amount of touchdowns this year, but again, I think that passing game is going to 
drastically decrease. So it just scares me off of him at here. If he was going very late, I would definitely be picking him up. But he's going in the middle of drafts, and it's just way too early for me. Yeah, I, I respect it for sure. Um, another guy that I think is just going way too early in drafts, uh, my guy is Aaron Rodgers. His ADP is around 67 right now, and that puts him ahead of Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, and Josh Allen, three guys who finished um, above him or around his uh, finish last year. I believe he finished ninth. Uh, I think Wentz is the only one that was below him. Dak was the second or third best quarterback last year. Josh Allen was top six or seven. Six. All guys, yeah, all guys that I would rather have over Aaron Rodgers because the Packers failed to really get him weapons. And he's looking at a wide receiver core of Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, Jake Kumaro, and and MVS, like that's not something I really. Um, um, excuse me, sir. <laughs> the, yes, Devin Funches. Thank you. Gross. I purposely left him off this list. No, you didn't. You forgot. He, no, I did not. No, he didn't um, any tight ends. <laughs> it will. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and they also selected AJ Dillon and Josiah Degora. and it kind of indicates that they're going to try to transition to a run-heavy offense, which. If you look at what happened last year in Green Bay, they already started that. I mean, they they deployed Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, who were both able to have fantasy relevance, partly because of their work in the passing game. But basically, they're trying to replicate what the San Francisco 49ers were able to do. And that's not something I, like I, I wouldn't want Jimmy G ahead of Dak Wentz or Josh Allen. So why would I want Aaron Rodgers, who's on the decline right now? Um, he was given 30 less pass attempts in his first year under Matt LaFleur, and I expect that to continue. So I am not touching Aaron Rodgers this year. I'm staying as far away from him as possible. You and your damn Aaron Rodgers hate. <laughs> Dude, Which is I was the one saying he was the greatest of all time, yeah, he was greatest the talent of all time. He was the truther fighting against me and Frank, and I love it. Uh, but it's the same argument I just went over with Kirk. It's, it's a run-heavy offense, and they're they seemingly are giving him less and less attempts to try and elongate his career up until they replace him jordan love <laughs> so well i mean we'll see and Next that's a perfect three. offense for jordan love who has who comes in year four and only has to throw 20 times a game at most i mean that's perfect for him so yeah <laughs> i agree i'm definitely not touching rogers not a no team is a, I, i'm de- no team is a well, mess and for the most part all three of us are huge proponents of late qb drafting I mean, it worked out well for all of us last year. It has every year. <laughs> so I, I, I'm definitely not taking Rodgers, who's older and older, and getting less and less attempts for no real receivers except one amazing stud. I still before think we, I think it um, before, like, hey, once we get into July, I think this number is going to drop. I don't think he stays sixth round. I would say, but this this is dropped from his, like, his last year and the year before, I think that was about 40s and 50s. So it's it's dropping every year. I just don't think it's going to yeah, drop. Yeah, but I, I just I think where it's, it I, probably cousins. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's going to go down. I I could see him getting into the eighth round by the time like in August when drafts start. See, I mean, we say that, but every year Brady gets drafted in like the eighth round, and I mean, he sometimes he, yeah, I mean. It's just the name value for a lot of people. I mean, you're getting a lot of the home leagues that don't do deep dive research like us. So, 
those numbers are probably going to stay about the same, in my opinion. Yeah, people like Brandon Lash draft Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Damn, did you, very, like, Christian, <laughs> did you want to say something before we moved on? It sounded like really I was good. just going to say if if Dak, Carson Wentz, and Josh Allen are on the board in the seventh or eighth round, that's where like that's the sweet spot for me because yeah. I think that Dak's going to he has better weapons. He's going to be able to replicate what he did at the very least. Same thing with Wentz, Josh Allen, same exact thing. And they all finished in the top 10 last year. There's no reason they should fall to the seventh. I mean, the seventh, like I said, that's the sweet spot, but there's no reason that Aaron Rodgers should have an ADP higher than them. I would never, especially with those three, because they have a rushing floor where Rodgers doesn't anymore. Right. All right, uh, moving on to the running back position. I have a question for both of you. Maybe you will answer this. How the hell is Marlon Mack still being drafted in the top 24 running backs for 2020? Um, well, it's because they, because out of him and Taylor, Mack's the better That's enough, Randy. Let me get into my stuff. It was rhetorical. <laughs> uh, kind of. Didn't seem rhetorical. Um, anyway uh, it wasn't but I I wanted to cut you off anyway because I like doing that Uh, so right now his his average draft position is at 50 which is the front end of the 5th round or yeah so right around the front end of the 5th round and at this point you're still looking for starters or flex plays that you're going to pencil into your lineup every week whether it's a running back or a wide receiver I don't know about you guys Marlon Mack to me is no way one of those players I mean, the Colts traded up in the second round to take Jonathan Taylor as the third running back off the board after Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and DeAndre Swift. I don't think you do that if you don't have plans to put him into your offense day one. I'm not saying start day one. I'm saying he's going to have a role in the offense, which is going to completely tank Marlon Mack's value. He's extremely limited when it comes to pass catching. Um, And I think Jonathan Taylor, while he's not great at it right now, he's going to get better. Um, and Marlon Mack is really a one-trick pony, and they've they've used multiple running backs in the past. I mean, for Christ's sakes, last year, Marlon Mack would be pulled in the red zone for Jordan Wilkins. Like, at best, this is going to yeah. be a 50-50 split between Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor. At worst, Jonathan Taylor is going to be the starting Indianapolis running back by week five, and you just wasted a top-five pick on a handcuff. I, no thank you. Yeah. Yeah. This this seems a lot like um, it won't work out exactly because it's not the same archetype of players, but it seems like the the Denver backfield of last year to me between Lindsey and Freeman just split completely. You never know which one's going to get the fifty five percent of the week. It's it's crazy, especially by week five, like you said. So yeah, I would definitely, I would still consider drafting Mac, but it would definitely be as a RB like three or four of my team that I would hope get better upside down the line. Yeah, I yeah, mean, there's I mean, no way you could trust him to start week in and week out. No. Yeah, I, I think he's getting drafted, though, based on what he did last year. Like, he had a few top 10 weeks last year. He finished, I think, what, RB22 in PPR, but in standard, which we don't condone playing, he was like a top 15 running back. So I, I still think he has value, but I think, like you said, by week five, he's not gonna. I would take a shot on him and then flip him really quickly hoping that he's the starter week one, but I'm not wasting a fifth round pick on that, you know? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're hoping Mac uh, (laughs) ends up getting 
all the Naeem Hines pass-catching work of the group, and they split the regular, and Taylor gets the goal line from Joel, Jordan Wilkins. Like, that's, that's your best-case scenario here for Mac. I said it, I said it about Rodgers, but this is one. Come August, we're having a completely different conversation. I don't, I don't think he's anywhere near this point. I, I agree. I think he's, yeah. he'll drop a little bit, but I don't think it's going to be as drastic as you think. Which and, I, and I largely think that, that these ADPs are coming from drafts that happened before the NFL draft. Um, I don't think all of them are. I think he's still getting drafted fairly high. Talk about a giant but, wrinkle into our research then. Well, yeah, well, 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 honestly, taken, the, the data was from February to like the day we looked at it. So they're taking yeah. it live every day and updating it. So I assume he's, he's on the decline. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, and they're getting a lot of recent numbers from obviously just mock draft sites too. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on to my running back, and this pains me a, sh- a lot to say. Uh, I went with Nick Chubb here. Uh, not not for not for the talent. Obviously, I love Nick Chubb, and I love what he brings to a team. But he's being drafted around eleven, ten, basically end of round one as an RB five. And he doesn't get that kind of production. <laughs> He's a top ten running back. He finished last year's RBA and PPR standard league. Well, not standard PPR league. PPR leads. standard. <laughs> PPR standard. Yeah, standard would be a lot better. Uh, <laughs> they are about to shift into, I assume, a more run heavy approach. And Chubb had a ton of yards last year. Should have been the leading rusher of the season, <laughs> but we all know what happened there. Uh, but now, Shut but up. his his snap percentage went drastically down when Kareem Hunt came back, and now we get a full year of Kareem Hunt. Both are going to be healthy, I would assume, hopefully. <laughs> and I just don't think – I think that's going to be more of the pace we get. I think they are truly going to be split, especially because now we do have fullbacks on the roster, so we're not going to be using Hunt as a fullback anymore. We're going to actually rotate constantly, and because Hunt is going to get all of the receiving work – it just keeps dipping down Chubb. I do expect him to have over 1,000 yards and be good, but he's not going to be RB5. He shouldn't go in the round one. He probably is going to be more RB11 through 14 in that area just because he's only going to get about 20 catches on the year, and you got to hope he has a lot of touchdowns. That's really going to carry him, and it's just going to hurt. It just hurts his value in PPR so much. It's the same. I mean, it's the same thing. As, he's going to have to be. Uh, more efficient Derrick Henry. <laughs> so so that brings up my question to you guys. Because of the threat of Kareem Hunt, would you rather have Nick Chubb or Derrick Henry in 2020? Uh, personally, as a fan, I would say Chubb, but I, I think it's got to be Henry because while I don't think Henry's going to get the PPR work, he's going to get all the goal line work, and you know he's going to get 20-plus carries a game. So, I mean, you guys don't think Darrington Evans cuts into that at all? I think he does, but you got to remember, Henry was getting 30-plus carries a game. Man. <laughs> yeah, I'm the they, and they don't throw to the running back a lot. And you got to – running backs can integrate quickly, but it's not like it's a top two-round pick in Evans. So, like, he's basically replacing Deion Lewis, and they're hoping for better. I don't yeah. think I don't think you can honestly go wrong with either one. If I had to pick one, I'd probably I, lean Henry just based on yeah. a 
like Randy said, that Hunt's there and B is all Alex Van Pelt has talked about in the offseason is how everything starts with the quarterback, which means yeah. that I think more focus in the offense is going to put be put on Mayfield than anyone else. That probably goes without saying, but I, I do think this is going to be um, a, a, I think they're going to pass and pass efficiently and which is going to hurt Chubb's value. Yeah, I think it's going to be, it's definitely going to be a higher percentage to Chubb just in the carries because he's, he's in my opinion, better than Hunt right now, but Hunt's a stud and he's a way better pass catcher. So he's going to get work and it's just going to cut in too much. For Plus me. we saw it last year. If the Browns get behind, Chubb sits the bench. Like, well, he doesn't sit the yeah. bench, but Chubb's out there, but doesn't touch the ball. Yeah, and a new coaching staff may trust him more, but that's still it's still a split no matter what. Freddie Kitchens is a yeah. big dumb idiot. Speaking of split backfields, uh, I'll move on to my guy. And it, big dumb idiot. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> my guy is Melvin Gordon. Um, this is a guy that's being drafted as an RB1 right now. He's the RB12. And I tend to think that that's going to come down as well. Philip Lindsay was actually better than Melvin Gordon last year, and he's still on the team. And Royce Freeman got 50% of the work. He's still on the team, and I hope that he gets some of the pass-catching work, uh, which I assume goes to Melvin Gordon, but whatever. Um, RIP my my dynasty team. But um, you have oh, to assume that Melvin Gordon is going to be splitting with Philip Lindsay. Number one, Lindsay's the fan favorite there. Number two, I think Philip Lindsay is a better running back than Melvin Gordon. If not, if not, I think it's closer than people tend to believe. I, I think Melvin Gordon, when he was out there last year, if you put them up against each other, I'd probably pick Lindsay. I also don't think that the Broncos can sustain two RB one, RB two guys that have the same kind of same kind of archetype in that. They're like pound the rock. They're, I mean, obviously, Melvin Gordon is a little bit more active in, in the pass catching game, but neither of them have Austin Eckler like ability. Um, so I just don't know how this, this running back room is going to shake out. If he starts to fall in drafts, I'd take a flyer on him, but it being drafted as an RB1 right now is insanity to me. Yeah, I, want, I, would I want no part of any of them. <laughs> I would want a part of him, but I would be looking more as like a mid to back end RB two because I do believe he's going to get the goal line work and a majority of the passing work. Uh, but it's a real question mark on this team with three productive running backs now, and what seemingly is a transition to more of a passing game in that offense. So it's kind of a tough call. I agree. I definitely wouldn't touch him anywhere near RB one or even top RB two. Agree. Yeah. All right, uh, wide receivers is uh, our next uh, position here. And I'm going to base mine kind of mine. My common theme here is partly the draft, um, kind of what we saw happen. Uh, mine is Michael Gallup. I, the talent's there for Gallup, but the opportunity sure will not be in 2020. He's going as wide receiver 24. Um, his average draft position right around 50 or beginning of the fifth round, which means he's still going as a wide receiver too. He saw 8.1 targets per game last year, but that was with a very, very banged up Amari Cooper and without, to me, the best all-around receiver in the 2020 draft in CD Lamb. There's no way he's going to get that same target share unless, for some reason, Jason Garrett just decides to throw the ball 50 times a game, which he's never done. Um, and you, like at, at that position where Michael Gallup is going, 
guys like A.J. Brown, Robert Woods, Jarvis Landry, or Odell Beckham, Stephon Diggs, and Tyler Boyd are all going around there. I would take every single one of those guys I just listed over Michael Gallup for this season. This is the first one I disagree with you on, and I'll tell you why. Um, so when I charted out the the vacated targets, Dallas is like fourth in the league because they lost Witten and Randall Cobb got like 80 some targets last year. So I have to assume that CD eats up most of those targets. And you have to remember that Jason Garrett's gone. Like Kellen Moore is, oh, yeah. is running that offense now. So I have to assume that they go a little more pass heavy. Maybe see, I not, just don't see them with, doing that with Ezekiel Elliott, who they just signed to a big contract. That's that's probably fair, but you have to, like I think they have over 160 targets. I can't imagine that Blake Jarwin is going to get what Jason Witten got last year. So some of those targets will go to CD, but then those are just vacated. Like I could see Michael Gallup getting more targets in 2020. Just if for sheer if, volume. If that's the Randy, case, I don't. Do if that's the I, case, I just don't see them. I, I think they would have gone defense. I, I I don't see them picking Ellie or picking Lamb there. I think they want to use him a lot. Yes, you're thinking logically. That's that's where you got. That's where you're screwed up here. You're thinking logically with Jerry Jones telling his scout <laughs> to fuck off while he's on his yacht. Uh, <laughs> he saw a flashy person and he picked him. Uh, I mean, see, this is here's my argument for here because I I agree with Sean, but it's not necessarily for the same reason. Uh, I agree with Christian as well. I think C.D. Lamb, uh, Cobb had a little over 800 yards last year. I think you could pretty much transition C.D. into that 800 yards with maybe a little bit more of an uptick because he is playing the slot role just like Cobb. We don't really know how much like Jarwin's going to eat up that Jason Witten targets, so it's a little bit hit or miss there. My thing is. As Sean said, he's going to wide receiver 24. I think best case, he's wide receiver 20. That's yeah. the best case for me. And that's if he keeps his exact numbers and exact touchdowns and everything. So you're basically getting the guy at his peak. So that's, there's no value there for you. All right, if he was, going, if he was Sorry, going wide receiver 32, I think he's a fantastic wide receiver 3, 4 on your team. But right here, you're drafting him as your wide receiver 2. And you just can't do that. AJ Brown or Michael Gallup? Yeah. So I. Robert Woods, was, right? Robert Woods or Michael Gallup? Jarvis so, Landry or Michael Gallup? I can. I mean, I can keep going. But yeah. That, so I would I'm go. Saying. I would go Michael Gallup over Tyler Boyd. I think, and that's the one person on this list. And that's just because you've got a rookie coming in. It's similar situation. Rookie coming in, but also AJ Greenback. Not as many vacated targets. I, I do agree, though. I would rather have all those guys. Exactly. And, and, that's, yeah. what, and that's what I was basing this on. Yeah. And, and I think Christian's argument was more for the fact that Gallup can still get targets and be a good player than yeah. his draft position is of value, which is I, why and I, I brought And I, let me I, – I know I messed up with the gear thing. I do get your point, and Kellen Moore may want to air it out more. I just don't see you signing a running back to a $90 million contract and not using it. Well, and that's and, the thing. Please don't forget that Ezekiel Elliott's one of the better pass catching running backs in the league. True, and so he's going to. Still, and I think some of those targets that are going to be vacated by Cobb and Whitner are also going to go to Elliott. That didn't go yeah, to him. It's it's the and, same part of the field. Right. And Tony Pollard. I mean, he showed that he yeah. can be that type of back. And 
like you said, Amari was banged up last year, and that increased Gallup's target mm-hmm. share. I just think eight so targets I, a game I is a good number. Yeah. I, I, yeah. The, the ADP, the expe- expectation of where he finishes is just the all, only argument I need, really. Right. Exactly. Just because you're getting absolutely no value from the pick. Yeah. All right. Well, moving into my guy, ironically, we already brought up. Here's the next one. Is Tyler <laughs> yeah. Boyd. All right. Yeah. Tyler Boyd is my pick. His current ADP is 46, which is the wide receiver 22 off the board. And he's going above Stefan Diggs, Robert Woods, Odell, Jarvis Landry, Juju Smith-Schuster, Edelman, Cooks, and a ton more guys that I would much rather have than possible wide receiver three on his own team. <laughs> Most weeks, I think it was seven or eight, he finished wide receiver 30 or below, and that is just a number with that many targets that he was fed on a bad team that I can't get behind. I do believe he's a good slot receiver, but he cannot be a wide receiver two on your team this year. And I cannot trust him where he's going off the board. You pile in targets from A.J. Green returning and T. Higgins coming in as the heir apparent to A.J. Green, who they're going to want to incorporate with Joe Burrow and make a deadly combo for the next 10 years, I just can't see Boyd getting anywhere near as much targets, which he needed that many targets to get up to where he finished. And that's where you're trying to draft him. Actually, a little bit higher is where you're drafting him. So I can't condone this at all. It is absolutely no value. I think he's going to be a wide receiver 30 or below this year just because of people eating his targets. And honestly, he's going to be, to me, he's going to be the wide receiver three on his team once Higgins gets going. Randy, lay in the smackdown. Burrow will scramble to throw those deep balls, and that's going to be to Higgins and Green. So I think I completely agree with you. do you think but, you completely agree with him? No, I I know I I agree with him, but I do think that people need to pump the brakes on AJ Green because they uh they hyped him up for basically the entirety of 2019 because the Bengals said that he was going to be out there and he wasn't. Yeah, and we he's not we, we do have word that, That's the thing like I I don't know why should we assume that he's going to come back and stay healthy? Come on, T. I, I think the more likely scenario is that it's Tyler Boyd, John Ross, and T. Higgins. And Tyler Boyd is still the wide receiver three in that scenario, in my opinion, just because yeah, Burrow's able to hit John Ross. Ross is a good at football. Just saying. <laughs> there, there's there's basically America. no – I think it's only like 30 vacated targets on this team. And you got to believe Higgins gets more than that. And AJ Green's going to get more than that if he's anywhere near healthy for half a year. So Higgins better get more than that because my team is screwed if not. Well, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter. Even if it takes Higgins a little while to get going, that means you get maybe three or four weeks of of, uh, Tyler Boyd being the same exact thing you drafted him to be. And I I am definitely a value-based drafter. And it's worked out for me well over the years. I'm going to continue to do it by avoiding the absolute hell out of Tyler Boyd. Yeah. And a guy that I will always avoid, and I went back on this last year, and I acquired Sammy Watkins, and then I don't think I started him (laughs) a single week after I acquired him, except for the last week where I had to. And this guy is Sammy Watkins. 2019 was his best year since 2015, where he had over a thousand yards. In 2019, 
No. And, and in 2019, he saw 90 targets. I believe he was second on the Chiefs in targets next to Travis Kelsey. He absolutely torched teams in the playoffs, which is why his ADP is sitting at 105 or the middle of the 10th round above guys like Emmanuel Sanders, Anthony Miller, Deontay Johnson, Preston Williams. He only managed 700 yards and three touchdowns last year in the regular season. I'm throwing away the playoffs because that was a fluke. It's always a fluke with Sammy. He has one big game. And most of that production came in one freaking game last year. And that's why I acquired him because I was like, oh, the real Sammy Watkins is here. No, the real Sammy Watkins is the guy that showed up throughout the rest of the year. I mean, he caught less than 60% of his targets, which is a terrible number. I am not touching Sammy Watkins. I don't know why I went back on this last year. Obviously, uh, it made me very angry. And here we are. I had to put Sammy Watkins on this shitty list because he's a shitty football player and he ruins fantasy football. <laughs> he is not a fun guy to have in your roster. Just <laughs> I will see a fun not having a fun guy on your roster and raise you a not fun having guy on your roster. I know what I said. Can we please let Jimmy Graham ride <laughs> off into the sunset and not rely on him for fantasy football anymore. For the love of God, he's going as a tight end one in leagues. Why? Remember when Trey Burton was supposed to be a fantasy asset for the Bears? Better yet, remember when Jimmy Graham was supposed to have a career resurrection when being paired with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? Well, 540 yards and a two and a half touchdown per season average through his two years in Green Bay. Definitely says otherwise. What are we doing here, people? The Bears may go into camp with 30 different <laughs> tight ends. I know it's an exaggeration, but you get my point. They have 10 <laughs> fucking tight ends on the route. And they drafted Cole Komet in the second round. For the love of God, don't draft Jimmy Graham. Yep. Just don't do it. And the thing with Cole Komet is most people are saying that he could break the rookie mold and actually be fantasy relevant or relevant to his football team at the very least, unlike most rookie tight ends. If that's the case, Jimmy Graham isn't even worth like a waiver pickup late in the Look, year, <laughs> in my opinion. Like, Jimmy Graham, if you're stupid enough to pick Jimmy Graham as your starting tight end, you deserve Cole Komet coming out and being fantasy relevant in your rookie year because that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that's the thing. We, we, right now you have to assume Trubisky's the quarterback who doesn't throw the tight end position. <laughs> seemingly ever, even if they're wide open. And this may be one of the strongest tight end seasons we've had in a very long time. And he may have to throw, and, he may have to throw to a, throw to a tight end because that's all they're going to have in their offense. True. Very true. Allen Robinson and ten tight ends. Anthony I love Anthony Miller, but he Me can't too. stay he can't stay healthy for anything. Uh, yeah. I'm completely with you there, man. I mean, he's going he's going above people he should not be going above. Like, not even he close. Just, he shouldn't be drafted. Just shouldn't. He, Ever. Yeah. Yeah. You should go just undrafted, let, go. let alone tight end 12. <laughs> let him die just in peace. Let it go. It's over. All right. Well. Go home. Get a move. Get a replicate what I did with the running backs here. And for mine, I'm going to go Mark Andrews. Uh, just a really talented guy. He's going currently about 51 overall in ADP, so late fourth, early fifth. 
Uh, there's a, another influx of new targets this year, Devin DuVernay and Prochet. Uh, Hollywood should be a lot healthier this year, and that should get him more looks. Boykin should continue to grow. Uh, there's a couple more there that may stay on the field like Snead, but I, I think DuVernay ends up taking over for him. And you got Dobbins now in that backfield, who's a pretty good pass catcher as well. I do believe that the Ravens are going to continue to jump up Lamar's passing number, his targets at least, uh, or his targets, his attempts, <laughs> just to try and make it not a one-dimensional offense. Bro, if, but I swear he's to God, going... if Lamar Jackson starts to get his own targets, I I, I, I don't know. I don't even know. <laughs> he's gonna. He's throwing, stop passes, him. He's throwing uh... passes to himself. <laughs> I, I actually really love Mark Andrews, but just because there's more and more targets coming in to this offense who I really value highly, I just can't view him as a fifth-round pick. I mean, you're picking him up over all the wide receivers we mentioned before that are amazing, like Diggs and Odell and Land and Woods, all of them. I mean, that's I will not be picking Andrews there. If you're picking a tight end early, it has to be one of the top two to me. And I don't value Ertz there either. <laughs> I think it's got to be Kelsey or Kittle to be top. Otherwise, I'm waiting. And you can get someone like Waller or Ingram two rounds later than this. And I'm definitely taking that way over this. I'm definitely filling out my flex spots here instead of going to a guy like Mark Andrews. He will be a tight end one, but because he had a very high touchdown number and percentage, that's going to always regress as history has showed us, especially at the tight end position. And especially with guys that are very good in the red zone, like DuVernay, and they run the ball a ton in the red zone. It's just, there's so many things here that I just can't get behind for Andrews to stay at this number. If he drops down to like the seventh round, I think that's a perfect spot. I think there should be a bunch of tight ends going off in that round, but in the fifth, I gotta, I gotta pick a guy like, I mean, I would much rather have Kenyon Drake. <laughs> They're going right next to each other right now. I'm taking Kenyon Drake. Are yeah. you kidding me? <laughs> hey, I, I do want to ask you though, um, just to kind of play devil's advocate. I'm on board with this, but how much stock do you put into Hayden Hurst leaving town and them not really getting a replacement? I think they, they signed Jacob Breland uh, they had, from Oregon, but they had three tight ends they used last year. Right, but what I'm saying is. Now all of Hayden Hurst's targets are gone. Do you expect that to kind of go to Boykin and Duvernay or more yeah. to Hollywood? I think I, it goes to the receivers <clears throat> and, and maybe a little bit Boyle. Yeah. I, I don't, there's no way Andrews gets an increase in targets and that's the problem. That's fair. His, his touchdown numbers is going down. I mean, we got a guy like Darren Waller who had 1100 yards and three touchdowns. That's going to be a positive progression. Back to the mean. If he gets a thousand yards, he's probably going to get six touchdowns. Andrews is going to get probably about eight hundred yards and probably three touchdowns to four instead of ten, and that's why he's going to drop down. Yeah. See, so I statted out the AFC North for fantasy, and I actually did bump up Andrews' targets, but only by nine. So, see, so, I think it's dangerous with the amount of receivers they brought in in a pass-catching running back. Yeah, it, it, and I might have to tweak it because you make some valid points here, sir. And and um, you got to assume a first-round wide receiver in last year and Hollywood Brown, who, who should be healthy this year, 
and fits what they need in that offense perfectly is going to get more targets. It's just going to happen. Oh, yeah. I have Hollywood bumped up a shit ton. But let me yeah. move on to to my tight end pick, and that's Hunter Henry. Um, it, it's kind of interesting because he's only being drafted as the tight end eight, which is kind of lower than you would expect for a guy who was getting like top three consideration last year. But Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback as of right now, much to Sean's dismay. Um, and, yeah, and Tyrod great. has never played with a great tight end. I expect Tyrod to start for a large portion of 2020, especially with how this offseason has gone. Yes, I'm sure Justin Herbert has the playbook. Yes, I'm sure he's learning that. But in terms of getting actual reps, it's going to be a while before that happens. So I expect Tyrod to be out there. And that just presents a ton of uncertainty for, for Hunter Henry. Because we don't have any type of sample from Tyrod with tight ends because he's like I said he's never had a good tight end on a roster with him unless you think David Njoku is good and then if you think that then your football opinion is thrown out the window um I I think Hunter Henry can be the tight end eight where he's being drafted but I also think that he could get lost in an offense that is gonna look a lot different this year I know he's going in front of guys like Noah Fant and Dallas Goddard, and those are two guys that I would wait a couple rounds and I'd select a running back or wide receiver where I would have drafted Henry and I'll get Fant or Goddard later. Yeah, Sometimes he's even going before Waller and Ingram, and those are guys I would for sure take before him too. Uh, But it's kind of weird because, like you said, Tyrod has to play with a great tight end. But he also tends to throw uh, in the middle and the safer passes. So maybe that helps Hunter Henry, but we really don't know. We, we really have no way to prove it. And we have no way to prove Hunter Henry stays on the field. It's just going to always be a continual thing until he does it. Well, I think if we learned one thing from this entire undrafted world, don't draft Jimmy Graham. It's, yeah. <laughs> or Sammy I mean, Watkins. I just don't know how you draft Jimmy Graham. I just can't see it. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he's going the same like the same order as Gronk, who, while he does have a sp- the same kind of split target share at tight end, he's better and he plays with the quarterback that knows him. It's just, it's insane. It's Jimmy wild. Graham has never known any quarterback ever, not named Drew Brees. All right, that'll do it for our say. undraft. <laughs> Um, let's, <laughs> let's take a break here and when we come back let's have a little bit of fun with the sports movie draft welcome back to the cut let's have some fun favorite sports movies uh this is gonna be a snake draft uh we randomized the order randy was not happy that he got the first pick but he is now on the, the first in these oh wham you're on the clock I, I i brought this up in our pre-show i always get the first in these like fake specific drafts against the fantasy i get 10 like it, it never fails i always get screwed in actual important drafts but these ones no not so much just there's three right, of whatever. them you have a yeah i know chance yeah <laughs> and and i saw that wheel spin just sit on my name basically i didn't even see it go past anyone else's name <laughs> i know it did but i knew it was slanted on me i just knew it just pick your damn movie all right well i'm gonna start while I do think it would get back to me, because Christian tends to be a dick to me, I have to go 
I have to go with my favorite movie, and that's Any Given Sunday. Uh, I know some people aren't the biggest fans of it. I think it's incredible. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I wonder who that is. <laughs> well, anyone that only gets their opinion by other sites telling them something, I generally that's just ignore. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but Any Given Sunday is an incredible movie. Incredible characters. We got Shark, Willie Beeman. Uh, old quarterback that's trying to stay in the game, a coach that, in fairness, plays a drug addict in most movies, but I love his intensity to the role and kind of goes along with the older coach trying to, that we have today, that we're just now adapting to coaches, adapting to a running system as a quarterback, and this old coach couldn't do it for the longest time, and you got Nelly as a running back. It's just all the way great, and I love it, and probably the best halftime speech ever, in my opinion. Uh, kind of a weird twist to end the movie, but I still like it. It goes along with what the film shows. But again, my favorite movie, so I have to go any given Sunday first. You also would have been a sellout if you would have picked something else. No, see, and that's the thing. Like, there's other movies that I know people will vote for uh, that probably won't get back to me. But I, I needed to pick any given Sunday on my which, list at some point. Which is why you would have been a sellout if you would have picked another movie that people would vote for. No. Thank you yeah. for proving my point. <laughs> Chris, All right, I'm up. Um, so I, I kind of look at this draft as what movie, if it's on, am I putting, uh, am I turning it on every single time I see That's it? how I feel too. Um, yeah. So for me, it, it would be, we've talked about it off air multiple times now. I have to go with Creed. Um, I know Rocky fans are not going to be happy with me or older Rocky fans. Shout out my high school basketball co- coach who uh, we had an argument on Twitter about this. I think Creed is a perfect sports movie. Um, it's got blends of Rocky movies, but is entirely its own story. I think Michael B. Jordan is a phenomenal actor. Uh, same thing with Tessa Thompson. I think they killed it. I think Ryan Coogler killed it. The soundtrack is awesome. Um, Creed gets me amped. Anytime I see it on TV, I turn it on. I'm ready to fight someone. Uh, so that is my pick. I would be a sellout if I didn't pick Creed. Yeah. All right. So I got back to back here. Um, there's only one thing left to, what, left to do, boys. Yeah, I mean. Win the whole damn thing. Give me I mean, we... It's about the Indians. It's baseball. I want baseball. Please, God, bring baseball back. It's got to be Major League. I mean, we knew you were going to pick this because Lexi was going to scream at you all night if you didn't. That so, is also uh, true, but that's beside the point. Oh, yeah, so, <laughs> so I would be the sellout, huh? Like, <laughs> not a chicken shit. <laughs> no, I love Major League. You're fine. Yeah. I love Major League. And then my second one, I, I did go back and forth, but again, I kind of looked at it like Christian. Um, if it's on, I'm I'm never not watching it. With all the stuff going on with Michael Jordan right now, The Last Dance, it's got to be Space Jam. Oh, a bit early uh, for Space Jam, but I love it. I disagree. I so hot take time. Also, I don't like that movie. there are four picks before me, so I, there's no way I was. I, I you just specified why I picked my pick, dude. So it's good. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't like I Space, Space Jam, so I'm cool. I, I wouldn't have picked. I love Space Jam. It's not my favorite, but I do love the blend of two different worlds there, especially at the time it came out. It was kind of perfect for everything. 
Yeah. But, Bill, Bill Murray makes the movie and he has a very small yeah. Chicago Bulls, welcome back. Michael <laughs> uh, right. uh, Jordan. All right, I'm I'm up again with my second pick, <laughs> and yeah, now it's getting a little difficult. Um, I I think. Whew. All right, I have to go the replacements. I stole this movie from Randy. <laughs> literally um, stole the literally. DVD. <laughs> I think I still have it, right? I it's, if you don't, Ed does. What okay. did you do? I definitely remember seeing it. So I stole this movie from Randy because I really wanted to watch it. I love the replacements. Shane Falco uh, was, I believe, my number one or my first overall pick in our uh, football player draft. Which I was um, The replacements is is a perfect movie to me in the fact that it's not something that could realistically happen in such a cinematic way, but it's very entertaining. Um, it's it's funny they dance like on the field. Uh, so that's pretty dope, but overall really good feel good movie. Love it. And I knew it wouldn't get back to me. Uh, you, if you Randy totally back. whiffed, that was a perfect opportunity to just bring us in with, I wish I could say something classy and inspirational, but that just want to be our style. Like you totally right. so fact. You're oh correct. My God. Also it's a very a good late. speech. Yeah. Phenomenal right. speech. Randy, you got back to back. Uh, well, Christian took replacements, and he knows that's another big movie on my list. So kind of mad on that part. I think we're all uh, going to see If we're going here. by, we'll see. That's the thing. Like, uh, us three love sports movies. So pretty much anything that's on, we're going to watch. But I'm going to go off of the football path for one here, and I'm going to pick Coach Carter for my second. That, that, uh, I love the I serious tone that of the movie. available at the end of the, at the, end of the draft. Yeah. Movie. I see again. I knew I had to pick it here, or else I was going to pick only football movies. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Coach Carter, serious tone that also blends well with a lot of great sports scenes in the movie. And I just love it all around. There's, I mean, there is a good amount of drama in it as well, but it mm-hmm. does fit with especially the time of the period of the movie and how those communities do work. Obviously, I don't have experience with that. So, I'm not going to speak on that, but still. Randy, what is our greatest fear? Uh, Our greatest fear our greatest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our greatest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. I love that quote. That is my favorite. I couldn't remember. I straight like you said that, and I was like, I know that's perfect from Coach Carter, but all I could think of was spiders and quicksand from replacements. So I I just that's why I said spiders. I know. I absolutely love that Coach Carter quote. Coach Carter is incredible. Honestly, to me, the best basketball movie. Mm-hmm. Just especially with the actual cinematic. No, not better than Space Jam, but it's second. Space Jam's focus on basketball isn't as high. That's and Dude, I, I like it, I, it's I, the Looney Tunes playing basketball. What do you mean and it's not focused on I, basketball? I like I like a little bit more serious in the actual sports aspects of the movie, okay. but I do like That's the comedy. Fine. And that would, that's what makes this next back-to-back pick for me really hard. Uh, I think another one may fall to me, so I'm going to go with the ultimate classic and Remember the Titans. You motherfucker. And I, again, <laughs> uh, Remember the Titans, I will, I've literally always watched when I've seen it on, as well as all three of the movies I picked here. But it is such a classic. It's, it's the football movie that everyone's watched. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows it's it. They dance on the field, just like Christian said. 
<laughs> There's very quotable scenes. It does have a serious tone with a lot of good blended comedy in there. Uh, a lot of drama as well. You know, Gary Pertier losing his legs basically at the end of the movie really sucks, but they finish it off in the end. It's it's an amazing story through and through, based a little bit on fact. Obviously, it's a little bit of uh, dramatization of the movie, but I still love it regardless, and I will watch it every single time it's on. Yeah. Okay. Me Christian, too. you're upset, so go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I have to I have to pivot here because that was definitely my pick, um, and I have to go with the Sandlot. Um, yeah, I was hoping I was hoping I would get to steal that one here. Yeah, so that's why I chose it here. Um, the Sandlot is it's not the best movie in the world. I I can acknowledge that, but it is a classic. Um, it's a He's really going for votes. <laughs> you're killing me, Smalls. Um, it, it it's a really good movie uh, to kind of just sit down and and reminisce on what it was like growing up. Like I watched The Sandlot growing up quite a bit um it's an important sports movie of our of our oh, generation it's sure. not one of, it's definitely not one of my favorite sports movies but i do no. understand the importance to our uh, generation's culture yeah and and i i wouldn't say that it's my third favorite since this is my third pick but i knew that sean would take it um oh, if it got back to him so i had to to reach a little for the sandlot and make sure i got that classic on my roster how did you know Shum's going to take it? Does it have a high Rotten Tomato score or something? Oh, good <laughs> probably one, not. Hey, go watch, uh, go watch some <laughs> more. All right, um, I will. It's a hilarious got, movie. I got back to back. So first one, not for the reason you're thinking. I am going to go with Moneyball. The reason I like this is because um, I think Brad Pitt. While it's a weird, I, I kind of had the same argument with Randy off air about Al Pacino in Any Given Sunday. It's a weird. Uh, actor to play the role, but I, I think he does a great job. And Jonah Hill is just awesome as Paul De Podesta, um, or the character that's supposed to be Paul De Podesta. Um, and my favorite line in that entire movie is when they're sitting with Chris Pine, who is actually Scott Hatterberg in the movie, and he goes, "We want you to first base. It's not that hard. Tell him, watch." Ron Washington looks at him and goes, "It's incredibly hard." I, I love that line. I love the movie. Uh, I, I I I haven't gotten around to reading the book. But I, I should because it's a it's a great film uh, about that team. It's just cool thinking of the players on that team. Uh, I mean, I remember growing up, Eric it was Eric Chavez, Miguel Tejada, like those guys are a huge part of it. Um, and then for my second one, I was hoping it would be the Sandlot, but I was wrong. Um, All baseball. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna Moneyball go, was gonna be my next pick. I'm gonna go Happy Gilmore because I cannot not watch that movie when it's on i cannot i can't i can't change the channel i love hey i I love it man that's a that's a really good pick i love heavy gilmore and i love your uh your type coverage here but i i I was gonna hold off (laughs) i love heavy gilmore and i agree it's again another movie that i have to watch if it's on yeah Um, i mean you 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 can't not I've been watching that since I You're gonna was gonna die, clown. Young. I I had a VHS of that that I watched almost weekly at my grandma's, who was basically my babysitter. And she, yeah, I love Happy Gilmore. Yep. 
All right. Um, I'm actually going to stick to that theme and I'm going to go with the water boy. Uh, that's why I was like, I'm not going to say anything because in my opinion, water boy is better than happy Gilmore, but I understand. I I think it's close, but I grew up. I think you guys are seeing a theme that I'm not as big of a fan of football movies as you guys are. Yeah. But the water boy is not really a football movie. It's kind of an Adam Sandler movie. But, yeah, it's it's uh, a movie about water. It, it's, it's a very funny movie. I grew up more with The Water Boy than I did Happy Gilmore. So I'm kind of glad that that's the route you went. Um, Bobby Boucher is unstoppable. One of the best football players of all time in cinema. Um, so I'm going <laughs> to add The Water Boy to my roster. He was my second overall pick, I believe, in that fantasy player's mock, just because he's such a game changer. Water yeah. sucks. It really, really sucks. Water <laughs> sucks. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. This back-to-back pick is just not good for me because I, <laughs> I strain over it way too much. Um, I don't want to... See, my, my favorite sports movies are football movies, but I want the votes, so I want to d- differentiate. <laughs> oh, God. I really should take a baseball one here, but this this could literally go like ten rounds. I know there's there's li- for me there's only like one true baseball movie I'd still have left. And I I just I love the movie, but I'm just not. Yeah, the don't don't pick it. I'm don't not. It. It's not. I'm not the biggest fan of it. Um, this is gonna be bad. I'm gonna pick another football. Uh, another movie that I I have absolutely grown up and loves. I watch it a lot, honestly. It's Varsity Blues. Varsity Blues. Tweeter, Billy Bob. <laughs> They're amazing characters that bring the whole movie together with seriousness and comedy. And I've actually never seen that movie. That's just a shame. <laughs> it is, it's literally an incredible movie. Uh, it, does, it does kind of tackle important issues as well, but it's, it's just an all-around funny, good movie. Definitely stuff that couldn't happen to us when we were playing sports, because a lot of that would have been very, very legal. Uh, <laughs> but I, I absolutely love it, and this was actually super hard because I wanted to take some weird ones to end here, but I just love Varsity Blues too much. But I am going to take a weird one for this last one. Uh, I've decided between a couple here, and I'll bring them up at the end. But I love the movie. I love the people that made it who also make a very funny animated show on Comedy Central. And it is my big enough return. I can't believe you're, I, you're not. I, I can't believe I you're am taking basketball. You're going to take basketball. Oh, my wow. God. That movie is astounding. It's hilarious, but if you want it to talk hilarious. about not being a sports movie, man. That is clear. It's all about sports. Dude. dude and it makes, dude, and it makes fun dude. of how overly dumb some aspects of sports has become over the years. And I, I'd love, I love satirical comedy for sure. They do take a lot of low shots that are kind of stupid, but I love them too. I'm definitely a big comedy guy. And for Sam Marinowski, I'm taking basketball. I hear your sister's going out with squeak. <laughs> that, that movie is top to bottom. Hilarious. And that I could watch funny. it any day. It's yeah, I, it's funny. I agree. It is I don't, very. It I don't is know if it, loosely based on sports because it makes fun of all real sports, and it's about a fake sport, but could be very real if you tried. We could literally go outside and play that right now. Yeah, that's true. 
All right, I'm up for my last pick, fifth round, 502. I can't believe this got all the way back to me, but I am selecting the Mighty Ducks. Um, and and I have to go with the first Mighty Ducks movie. I do like all three of them, honestly. Um, I understand that they're terribly made movies and they're very um, yes, they are. D- dramatized or dramatized, whatever the fuck the word is. Good whatever. It's late, bro. I'm not the only dumb one of the crew. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but I do think that um, the the story is intriguing enough, especially like I, I have a theme with my movies. I kind of grew up with a lot of them. I grew up watching the Mighty Ducks and the second one. I didn't really watch the third one. Um, I, I think that you don't the, the idea is really cool. I think that the Disney Plus series that's coming out uh, with the Mighty Ducks is going to be cool because Gordon Bombay, Coach Bombay, is coming back. Um, so that's exciting. I had to get a, a hockey movie on this list, though. So, and uh, again, I applaud you for the type coverage, man. I just <laughs> my my favorite movies, like I said, are football, and it's so hard not to pick them. It's fair. My, All right, Money Ducks is good. So I have I the last pick. Um, I think I'm good. Um, not only with my movies, but I think uh, my movies are pretty popular when it comes to Moneyball. Uh, Space Jam, Major League, and Happy Gilmore. Um, I do want to give some honorable mentions because obviously you guys can't take them. Randy, was the baseball movie you were referring to? Was it Field of Dreams? Yeah, of course. Yeah, that that that's the last yeah. that's the last good baseball movie in my opinion. It is. Uh, Amen Out is a really good one. The story about the Black Sox. Um, that's yeah, an older I, it, one. I, yeah, I will bring up yeah. Forty Two as well. I think that was very mm-hmm. well done. Oh yeah, Forty Two was good. I think Chadwick Boseman is just ridiculous at the roles that he can play. Yeah, it's um, just not top tier to me. We could have. I could have stayed on par with our podcast with Draft Day. I'm a. I'm a fan of that movie, and not just because it's the Browns. I don't know. Randy seems to not agree. And then if I didn't take Happy Gilmore, I would have taken Dodgeball. That was going to be mine. Um, and then Southpaw is also an awesome movie. Uh, I told my friends when I was walking out of the theater that that movie hit me right in the feels. But oh, yeah. I'm going to stick with the same theme about if it's on, I'm not turning it off. And um, it, it is probably uh, even more than Space Jam. It's probably my favorite basketball movie. Uh, Glory Road. Oh, um, wow. I thought it was going to be Hoosiers. Sorry. The story about the 1966 Texas Western basketball team, uh, Coach Don Haskins. I absolutely love that movie. Um, like Randy said, it, it it's like just watching everything that goes through that, like that went through that team. It's awesome. Um, I just I I, uh, I I love the acting in it. It's it's outstanding. Um, Josh Lucas is unbelievable as Don Haskins and uh, Bobby Joe Hill, the Derek Luke, the same guy who played uh, Booby Miles plays Bobby Joe Hill, the uh, point guard of Texas Western. It's it's awesome. Um, and that's definitely my favorite basketball movie. That and Space Jam, but uh, Glory Road is the last pick. Damn, over Coach Carter. Wow. Yeah, it, it, it was close, but yeah. I think um, only because I like the, I mean, obviously Glory Road and Coach Carter are both based on true stories, but the fact that Texas Western did actually win the championship in 1966, that's awesome. Agreed. All right, uh, Christian, you want to go over some more honorable mentions? Sure. I got um, Caddyshack was on my list pretty high up. Um, 
I, I love Caddyshack. I think it's hilarious. Uh, love and Basketball was one of my sleepers that I didn't have to tap into. I think that's a really cool uh, take on basketball. Also, not the most sports uh, you, you'll find. Um, Rocky Balboa. All, well, all the Rockies, really. Um, big Rocky guy, obviously. Jerry Maguire. Uh, one that you guys probably haven't even seen is <clears throat> maybe you have Itanya. Have you ever seen I, Tanya? I nope. have not. I, it's, I about, I mean, it's about Tanya Harding, though, right? Yeah, it was a really good movie. Um, plus, Margot Robbie's awesome. Of course. Yeah. Uh, some more. I, I actually had like a. I went through and put like every movie I could think of. So I actually had like a list of 30. But obviously, I don't love them all. But uh, I already said Hoosiers. I was really choosing between basketball and dodgeball. That was kind of the big ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually really like White Men Can't Jump. Talladega Nights, Longest Yard, We Are Marshall, Bad News Bears, Rudy. Adam's going to be pissed that we didn't pick We Are Marshall. I know. Uh, I think The Express was really good. Blindside. Uh, also, like, Semi-Pro's pretty good. Blades of Glory's funny. So, I mean, like, there's a ton more you're going to pick from, but I think we got the best ones, in my opinion. Like, I, maybe you could throw in Field of Dreams or someone else in there, but... The problem with Field of Dreams is it's so it's, lame. It's it so is. good. It's it, so lame. It's, it's a great movie. It just doesn't really uh, like. I, I will watch it, but it's not like a peak of my interest thing. Yeah. It, yeah. I agree. All right, boys. Uh, All right. So that was fun. That was, that was cool that we did something different today. Uh, any closing comments, remarks, concerns? Uh, no. Let's see. Well, I guess let's see what the Twitter poll says. And I don't think Lexi should be able to vote. It's kind of a two one sided. Same with Nikki. <laughs> uh, yeah, she, she probably wouldn't anyway, though. No, I don't. I, I doubt Nick. Does Nikki even know a lot of these? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she's a, a movie buff, but she's she's not huge in the sports movies. She does love Creed and Creed Two, so I'd probably get to vote. Oh, rude. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Um, so we'll see. I, I hopefully I go two for two. Um, it's yeah. pretty good. I was wondering. Yep. I also disagree with that. <laughs> so, all right. If uh, if you guys not got any Christian, anything? Oh, I'm good. All right. You always seem to have some. How do you know? Okay. Um, <laughs> so we will try to bust out another episode early next week. Um, like we talked about before, I'm moving this weekend, so we're gonna be able to. We'll record when we can. Um, hopefully, I can do it on Sunday. So. That'll do it. Uh, stay tuned for the content that we're going to be coming to. Follow us on everything you can at a fix the pod. Um, for Christian Williams, I'm Sean Ward. We'll see you next time. We go.